peace of our Lord be with you. Then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, God will command the angels to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered the devil, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Every three years, the common lectionary asks the church throughout the world to read those words on the first Sunday in Lent. And every time they roll back around, we get to watch while Jesus and the devil square off in a contest of these verses versus those verses. The devil, quoting Psalm 91, 11 through 12, God will command the angels to protect you so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answering with Deuteronomy 6, 16, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil actually using a verse of scripture to tempt Jesus to do God's work the world's way. Quoting the Bible accurately, but using the Bible wrongly. Which, needless to say, wasn't the last time a Bible verse was quoted accurately, but used wrongly. In the world of my origins, for example, we quoted 1 Corinthians 14.35 accurately, but used it wrongly to exclude women from ministry. We quoted Mark 10.11 and 12 accurately, but used it wrongly to penalize those who had suffered through the sorrow of divorce. We quoted Leviticus 18.22 accurately, but used it wrongly to marginalize those who had discovered that their sexuality was different from ours. Like the devil in today's gospel lesson, sending the Bible on errands the Bible was not written to run, quoting the Bible accurately, but using the Bible wrongly. Because that way of using the Bible was all I had ever known as a child, it was also all I could know as an adult. Which means that for a time, for a long time, I participated 
in that way of using the Bible, taking literally the verses I could apply to others, taking lightly the ones that applied to me. A way of using the Bible which created second-class citizens inside the family of faith. Using the Bible on others in ways I would never apply the Bible to myself. Something for which I can be forgiven, but something for which it is too late to undo the harm done to dear and good people who were turned away from some of the sacraments of the church because of folk like myself who had developed the skill of using the Bible on others in ways we would never apply the Bible to ourselves. All of which reminds me of William Sloan Coffin's unforgettable sentence, Hell is the truth seen too late. To which I would add, heaven will be too. You know how the book of Isaiah and the book of Revelation say that God's going to wipe the tears from all the eyes in heaven. I sometimes think that some of those tears God is going to wipe away in heaven will rise from the eyes of folk like myself who spent too much of our lives quoting the Bible accurately but using it wrongly. The remedy for which is for us to decide to be content to handle our Bible the way Jesus handled his. I'm sure that if I belonged to another faith, I would have some other measure for the interpretation of Scripture. But since I am a Christian who stood in the water of baptism at Log Cabin Baptist Church on Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia as a 14-year-old boy and promised to follow Jesus as the Lord of my life, then my measure for interpreting Scripture is to handle the Bible the way Jesus handled His. When Jesus was asked in Matthew 22, 34 through 40, which parts of Scripture mattered most, that was Jesus' chance to say they all matter the same. But what Jesus said was, 
There are two that matter most. One is love the Lord your God with all that is in you, and the other is love all others the way you want all others to love you. And then, most importantly of all, Jesus' next sentence, according to the writer of the Gospel of Matthew, was all the law and the prophets hang on those two. Now here it is important to remember that all the law and the prophets is all the Bible Jesus had. So when Jesus said all the law and the prophets are to be read in the light of and through the lens of love for God and love for others, that tells us how Jesus handled his Bible. Reading every scripture and seeing every person in the light of and through the lens of love for God and love for others. In John chapter 8, for example, Jesus reached past the place where Deuteronomy 22.22 told him to stop and sent the woman caught in adultery home to begin her life again. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus reached past the place where Exodus 20.10 would have had him stop so that he could heal the man with the withered hand without requiring him to wait until the Sabbath had passed. Jesus, living his life, not by a verse of Scripture here and a word of Scripture there, but rather, as Mary Oliver once wonderfully said, in accordance with a single certainty. The single certainty that nothing, not even a verse of Scripture, matters more than loving God with all that is in us and loving all others the way we want all others to love us. There are some things Jesus did which you and I cannot do. We cannot walk on water. We cannot give sight to the blind. We cannot raise the dead. But oh, children of God, hear me. We can read and handle our Bible precisely the way Jesus read and handle His. I think of it as dropping an anchor and raising a sail. We drop our anchor into the Bible by reading and studying, learning and memorizing Scripture. Getting the words in the Bible down deep in our bones. The words in the Bible becoming a part of the muscle memory of our soul. A, a soft answer turneth away wrath. B, be ye kind one to another. C, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. D, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. E, every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father. F, for God so loved the world, God gave God's only Son. G, go ye into all the world and proclaim the gospel. 
getting all of that deep down in our bones, dropping the anchor of our spirit into the Bible while simultaneously, at the very same time, raising our sail to catch the wind of the spirit because we know that when the Bible as we have it, those 66 books were finally put together by the church and officially canonized in the fourth century, the Holy Spirit did not buy a condo in Destin and go into retirement. <laughs> but rather, the Holy Spirit continues to speak and stir and move in people's lives, which means that the wind of the Spirit will sometimes catch our sail if we will only leave it up. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, catching our sails and sending us sailing. Never past the place where Jesus would have us go, but from time to time, past the place where a Bible verse might have dropped us off. Amen.